Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther coming to you live from the Smut Studio in lovely Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey. No chill, Prano. You got a little Aladdin vibe going on in here these days. You got a little magic carpet, a little magic rug. You like the new? You like the new carpet that you, I added yeah, to the Smut Studio? Little, you know it's weird because they say magic carpet, right? But like a carpet. Is like what's under your rug right now, right? Carpet goes all the way to the wall. Yeah. So really, in the old Egyptian terms, it'd be a magic rug. I, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe carpet is a... You high, man? <laughs> maybe maybe carpet is both. Well, I wanted to say magic carpet, but then I was like, it's a rug. But then I was like, but they call it a magic carpet. Very confusing. And my nickname is Rug. Yeah, so I was going to say, this is the rug rug. Yeah, this is Rug's rug. Right. And, you- then, and then as your hairline keeps receding... One day you'll have a rug, and you'll be you'll have a rug on a rug on a rug. Yeah, I never thought of it. Do you it that think way. you'll ever go with the toupee? No. 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 I feel like you're with the li- going with the lines in your head. You'll be like, I'm bringing the toupee back. That's the thing. Everybody's like making fun of toupees, but I'm gonna be like, No, I'm Andy Ruther. I got a toupee. I. I'm gonna own it. No, I look. I, I look good with short hair. Like, I can pull it off. I've had short hair a lot in my life, just not recently. So, uh, losing the hair, it, you know, it is what it is. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, I can... Uh, uh, that that kills our rug, rug, rug game. I mean, we can do it for the show. Sure. You know. I will say, thirty nine ninety nine. Where'd you get it? Costco. Okay. I mean, what do you think? You, you, I feel like you understand decorating and, and how things look way better than me. So, I want your take. Uh, it's nice. It's got a little light blue flavor. Almost matches the wall. Not quite. That's good. Uh, I would always recommend somebody staying away from anything white on a rug situation because it's just going to get dirty really fast. But I've also I've I've also gone with a light rug at my place on occasion because thirty nine dollars. I literally just buy a new one every six months. Yeah. Every six months, I take this, I throw it directly into the garbage, and I buy a new one. Especially when I had a dog. Also, being here by the beach. Like sand, so much sand in it. Yeah, sand. I fucking you. You have a rug on a carpet. What I do is I just turn it over and like literally shake it out and then sweep it all up off my hardwood. But still, a rug every six months. Toss it. It's thirty nine bucks. It's a good point. I never thought of it that way. So I mean, even if you keep it, even if you keep it a year, that breaks down to, you know, what three and a half bucks a month. Yeah, it's a good point. I've been going deep into this whole Venice, the housing situation here. You and I have been talking about it. I've been reading all these articles. We are never giving up where we live, even no. if we move on. No. I, I, that's what I've said for a long time. Like my, my studio down by the beach, even if I were to have another place or even ever, it'll just be called, it'll just end up being like Dirtball Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, you're coming to town? You want to sit in on the show? T- take that crisp hundred, put it in, uh, put it on the counter. Take another crisp hundred, put it in my hand. Great, you just Airbnb my place. 
Dude, the average, the average two-bedroom apartment, two-bath apartment in Venice now, the rent is $4,100 a month. I just don't know who has this money. I always think that when I drive around, not just Venice, but like LA in general, yeah. but even Venice, and then my brother's got two boats now, and we go around the marina. Okay. And, dude, there's there's 400 million dollar boats in in the marina million dollar plus boats there's like 20 million dollar boats in the marina here do you think everybody's just in debt i have no idea i mean you're not in debt if you have a 20 million dollar boat but who are the who are the 400 people that have a million dollar boat i don't know what do they do multi-million dollar boat what do they do yeah i just don't know how everybody except me is a millionaire I mean, we really need to get a pay increase in these ads. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So don't forget to use promo code DIRTY for everything. Dude, let me just read off these numbers. Th- these are the things that I saw. So right now. Did you email these facts to yourself? Well, I had sent something to my mom. She'd have, and Got then she, it. She, or, she was all is interested. Is your mom thinking about moving to Venice? She is. Is she? she they're going to call it the, uh, the Joanne Studio. No. <laughs> uh, the average medium home in Venice. She, she could move into Eddie's old place. The rape cottage? Yeah, exactly. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Dude, the average medium home right now in Venice is $1.578 million. That's the median? Median. Wow. According to apartmentlist.com, the average rental price, I was wrong, for a two-bedroom apartment in Venice now is 4900 a month ahead of Westwood, Santa Monica, Brentwood, Bel Air, and, and Hollywood Hills. It's more expensive to live in Bel Air or in Venice now than Bel Air. Here's another uh, crazy number. Venice is tied with Bel Air for number two, uh, as far as square foot wide, uh, as far as most expensive per square foot. Right behind Beverly Hills, right ahead of Beverly Hills. Wow! Only the Pacific Palisades is more expensive per square foot. Interesting. And as and then the last dork number I have for you, as for median rental price per square foot, Venice is now the most expensive in Los Angeles. Wow. So don't give up that place, fam. Yeah. My place isn't going anywhere. I like this idea of you renting it out to dirt balls. Yeah. Which, dirt ball B and B. Could they could they afford it? I don't know. What do you think? Crisp hundred dollars to join the show, crisp hundred dollar bill per night. And, and by the way, that's that is, a deal. That's way below market you, value. A hundred bucks—that's it. Per, in cash per night for dirt balls. Dirt ball special. That's a deal. Yeah, they'd have a kitchen. Yeah, you're not getting a kitchen when you rent a, a hotel no, room. No, a kitchen, block from the beach. Kitchen, bathroom, surfboards, heroin needles outside in the alley. Yeah, exactly. Right at the skate park. Right at the breakwater. You're selling yourself short, man. That's well, why, it's that's a, dirt, why, that's it's a why dirt ball deal. That's why you don't own a yacht, man. You can't well, be charging a hundred. You could, you could, you could get away with charging look, two, three hundred dollars. Yeah, I know I could, and I and I would, but this is a dirt. See, the dirt balls support in so many other ways that this is just like this is the reward for them also supporting using promo code Dirty, going to the Dirty Sports Patreon, uh, you know, coming to see our shows. Coming to see us live in Chicago for the Dirtball Meetup in September. Listening to Slides. Listening to the Dent Report. Listening to the Joe Prano Podcast. Supporting the Joe Prano Podcast Patreon. Look, 
I, it all comes back. It's like a rewards program. Yeah. And in the end, when you when you sign up for like a rewards credit card, you get free nights or discounted nights at a hotel. Dirtball B&B. You ever want to live on the beach? I mean, Andy can say he's beach adjacent, but I mean, I'm on my address is Oceanfront Walk. Not ocean next to walk, front. Yeah, I'm Pacific. I'm one block away. Yeah. They're like, you can see it from here. The Pacific. I'm west of Pacific. I'm west of Speedway. Yeah, but I do. I always say the always west of, you know, there's a joke in Venice, the AWOL, always west of Lincoln. Yeah. That's like this thing. Sure. Motherfucker, I'm, I'm a WAP. I'm always west of Pacific. <laughs> Except when I join you over here at the Smut Studio. Also taking a dig at your own people with yeah. that. Well, it's, I don't think it's a dig. It's a, I am a WAP. I'm a WAP. I'm always west of Pacific. What did that stand for? The always west of Speedway crew is w- fucking was was WAP when, when the Italians came without papers. Yeah, and I don't know why that got made into just an Italian thing. It just meant like undocumented immigrant. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you could technically call anybody who crosses the border illegally from Mexico. Yeah, a WAP because they're without papers. Yeah, that is interesting. Why did just the Italians get that stigma? Because, I don't know, Guinea never took quite like that. So uh, Everybody ge- had their thing, you know, your mick. Were Germans krauts? Yeah, exactly. Everybody had, this, had, their, had their turn of the century Ellis Island immigrant fucking nickname. Have you ever seen old newspaper, like... Uh, like cartoon type editorials back in the day from when the immigrants came. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's the most racist shit ever. Like the most racist shit. I I, I remember just seeing like see, Jews like, always have a nose like this big. Yeah, and then they would show just Irish just drunk next to like a keg yeah, of beer. Like, yeah, the XXX on their bottle. Yeah, Italians yeah. just covered in pasta sauce. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I. It's just so blatantly racist. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, the Germans are here. Fuck these people. Yeah. It's just it's just so like where we've come to now we're so the like we're so now overprotective. It's just so ridiculous. Well, Brandon, we got some sports to talk. Yeah, let's do it. It's the dirty sports podcast. We should we should talk some sports. We should talk some dirt. Talk some dirt sports. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful Thursday morning here in Venice. Uh, I'd love to jump into this Kevin Durant stuff. Let's do it, dude. It never ends. It really doesn't. I was just listening, so I, I subscribe to the CJ McCollum podcast. My boy, CJ McCollum, Lehigh University journalism graduate, CJ McCollum. So obviously, I've supported his show from the beginning. I saw Kevin Durant was on. Um, last week, I believe, what is today? Today is the 26th. Yeah. So I believe part one of the podcast came out last Wednesday, July 18th. I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. The second part of the podcast came out yesterday, the 25th of July. And that's when all the noise started happening on Twitter. Um, I guess one of the Barstool guys tweeted at CJ, and then CJ responded by calling Kevin Durant's move soft. He said he knows it, but it's soft, and then he made a reference to it's like your, you and your brothers get beat up by a gang, 
And then two months later, you leave and join that gang and forget about your brothers. And then Kevin Durant responded and was like, yo, motherfucker, I just did your podcast. So because it happened yesterday, because everything happened yesterday, I was like, oh, I hadn't heard anything. I knew it was out for a whole week, part one. So I was like, oh, some shit must have been said in part two. Yeah. So I listened to part two. Part two, nothing. Like barely, they barely even joke about that whole situation. So I started listening to part one after that. I'm like, fuck, it must have happened in part one. And just for some reason, it just came up now. So I started listening to part one and, and CJ kind of like references sh- uh, shit a little bit more. They definitely talk a lot about blog boys, which is like unbelievable that Kevin Durant's still talking about blog boys. I didn't finish part one. But the gist I got is this. They're boys. They're they totally like they're joking around about CJ's joking around about him being a free agent and like he's gonna be nice because you know maybe he'll come. He he dances around that it's kind of like you guys kind of have a super team and like that he jokes with some of their players about leaving. He said he jokes with Clay on the floor all the time, like, dude, you need your own team, you gotta go to your own team. Like just trying to break them up. Sure. And you know, I, I hear the criticism that people are saying about, oh, he should have called him soft on the show. And the thing is, he he they're friends. He's joking about it the whole time. He's asking him about he literally asks him about blog boys. He goes, What's your definition of blog boys? Who's the number one blog boy? Like, he asks him about about DMing with dudes on Instagram. He asks him about like be his obsession with social media. He even says to him, "Dude, you're on another level from me, from Draymond, from and he lists like a million players. He's like, you're you know, you're on a level with like Kobe and LeBron. Like you're a world famous basketball player. Like everybody knows KD. He's like you and Kevin Durant's like so so and." The thing about Kevin Durant is nothing's ever going to change. He left a team that was up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals, joined the team that beat him, took a pay cut, joined a 73-win record-breaking team. It was a soft move. Like, I don't know what he's butthurt about. Like, it was a soft move. Yeah. I don't... Like... He he just never stops being upset about it. Well, no one's opinions are going to change. The move happened two years ago at this point. People were either going to justify his move or call it soft. So I don't even know why he... At this, at this point, my argument is he's not changing anyone's opinion. What's the point of even going at people? Like, like I made this point earlier on, on a previous episode, like you're saying. Dude, there's good and there's good athletes. There's good players. You're an all-time great. Well, let me let me tell Why you. Why are you messing with the peons like me or you or whoever? He just never he, like every time he does one of these. Every time he has a, uh, I mean, every time he has a, an interaction with somebody on Twitter or on Instagram. Every time he does a podcast, he exposes himself as just being. The soft person, like he takes this shit to heart. And I'll tell you what, I broke down his appearance on Simmons. We talked about that. Like I went deep. Like I was like, man, what is going? That was like the first thing for me. I was like, man, he really is like, he really just won't let this shit go with the blog boys talk. 
I'll tell you the the moment that I heard in this episode that made me go, oh, he's petty. Oh, he's soft. Oh, he like cares about his legacy. CJ McCollum said, who's your Mount Rushmore in NBA history? And he goes, MJ, Kobe, Kareem, and Larry Bird. Dude. If you're in the NBA and you're playing against LeBron James and you leave the Oklahoma City Thunder where LeBron beat you into submission to the point that you fell into your mom's arms and cried after a finals and you join a 73-win team and LeBron James single-handedly meets you in the finals the last two years and all that he's done in the NBA, if you don't put his name in your mouth when people talk about it, then you're a bitch and you're soft and you're afraid of what your legacy is. Just say LeBron James. And then just say, I hope to one day be there too. I hope one day it's MJ, Kareem, LeBron, and me. Yeah. Say that. Say that. Just say, right now it's these guys. But to, but to bring up Kobe Bryant... And then not bring up LeBron James. It's like, dude, you're exposing yourself as being afraid of where you actually stand in today's NBA. He doesn't want to say LeBron James because he doesn't want to say, hey, I'm not the best in the league. And to me, it just exposes his softness. If, if you asked me, Who's the Mount Rushmore of podcasters? It exposes me if I don't say Rogan, Marin, Simmons. Like, if I go like, oh, well, you know, uh, Rich Eisen's doing some really great things. It's like, motherfucker, you can like Rogan or not like Rogan. I don't listen. I don't care. It's too long form for me. He talks about too much shit I don't care about. I, I don't need a caveman coffee fucking ad all the time. Like, I just don't. I skip a lot of Marin podcasts when it doesn't have a guest I like. If you don't say those guys, you're exposing yourself as being afraid of them. Straight up. Yeah. Rogan, Marin, Simmons. It's not hard. It's obvious. That's who fucking is on it. The end. If you don't if you don't say it, you're exposing yourself as being afraid of them, as being insecure about how you are with them just plain and simple and Kevin Durant man he's just soft and he just shows it all the time and you know what at at some point he's just got to be like I'm soft and I don't care what people think I find it kind of confusing because you're saying the term soft a lot and everybody says soft and that's the MO on Kevin Durant at this point but He's not soft in the basketball court. That's what I'm saying. Like well, he, he is such a good. He, we're saying he's a, Kevin Durant is an all timer. Yeah, you know? we yeah, agree. He's, absolutely, Kevin Durant is an all time great in the history of the NBA. Absolutely. So that's my point. He's not soft on the court. Sure. He's, he's deadly. I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, when he's on, he's amazing. So th- this is where I'm just like so intrigued. But by also, it. people, the 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 Kevin Durant. Um, burner account, take shots at Russ. The burn, like 
you know, the the stories are always like a low key shot at Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook to me isn't the kind of guy that you really necessarily, if you're a KD, want to play with, right? Yeah. But if you're on a basketball team and you're Kevin Durant and you're clearly the second best player on the planet Earth and you cannot take hold of a team and say, this is my team and everybody else is playing with me. If somebody else is jumping into that fold, you're kind of soft. You're kind of soft in the way you run. You are on the basketball court. No one, Scottie Pippen is, was an all-world defender. Had the ability to score 30 every night. Better in transition than Michael Jordan, if you ask me. A better shooter from long range. But in Wait, the, then Jordan? Yeah. What? Had three-point ability. Michael Jordan was not a three-point shooter. The end of the Scottie Pippen's career when he was when he was on his thing, a better three-point shooter. I would I would uh I would respectfully disagree with okay. that. Okay. The bottom line is th- both of those guys, they lined up pretty evenly in terms of just like they're all around skill. There was no question. Batman Robin. Sure. There was a there was there's never ever been a question, no matter who's on his team. Wade, Bosch, Kyrie, LeBron James, other players. The end. The idea that whose team is the Thunder? Can they play together? So Who you, gets the last shot? So you're putting that on Kevin Durant? Yes. Yes, I am. Now is See, I don't know about that one because I mean, we see I mean, Russell Westbrook's averaging triple-double. Yeah. Without him. I mean, Russell Westbrook is also an alpha dog. You're saying Russell Westbrook is not an all-time great like Kevin Durant? I'm saying Kevin Durant is clearly the best player on that team. Clearly. And Russell Westbrook is a fantastic player. And the idea that you have two of those players on the same team makes you all-world. Like... Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen together. But if there's a question about whose team this is, it's never going to work. And the person who has to make it very clear whose team it is is the 1A guy, not the 1B guy. Ask any GM or coach around the league. Here's the deal. We're disbanding the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking, you know... Uh, expansion draft. They're gone. Their players are up for grabs. Who you want? Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. No one's taking Russell Westbrook first. No one. And that doesn't mean he's not a all-NBA guy. It just means he's the 1B. Yeah. And that's on Kevin Durant. Oh, it wasn't going to work. He was never going to play with Russell Westbrook. Hey, Russell Westbrook, maybe he's crazy. Maybe he's an alpha. Maybe he needs the ball all the time. But you got to figure out a way, if you're not soft, to be like, motherfucker, I don't care if I have to punch you in the face in practice. This is my team, and you're you're on my team. Well, look, dude, at the end of the day, uh, in a way I think we're just repeating the same thing over and over again, you already said it. Everyone said it. What Kevin Durant needs to understand, just plain and simple, is you had a 3-1 lead against the Warriors. You blew it 
You lose three straight games. Then you join a 73-win team. Like, you could have... Here's the thing about Kevin Durant. You could have gone to any team in the NBA. Is there 32 teams in the NBA? Yeah. So you could have gone... If you left OKC, you could have gone to... Or 30. That might be 30. Okay, whatever there is. You could have gone to any team but the Oklahoma City Thunder. Agreed? And you would not have had the stigma. You could have gone to any team. You could have gone to Washington. You could have gone back home. Yeah. But you didn't. That's what he needs to... Like, I just don't get... How he doesn't see that because what he did. What he needs to also see. Isn't it unprecedented? Yeah. Do, do, do we know a time in history? To me, this isn't. What, what he did is not Jason Giambi going to the Yankees. Here's the equivalent. Oh, you know here's the, equi- here's like, the equivalent. Tom Brady retires after this year. He's done. He's 40. And Aaron Rodgers goes, this is my moment. I'm going to the Patriots. This is, my, this is it. Why well, be great here when I could just go there? And be a part of that system, and be Aaron Rodgers, and just be a better player than than Brady in a in a better system than I've ever played in. Yeah, that's that's the equivalent. And and the other thing that people that Kevin Durant needs to understand is, you were the face of a franchise that had three MVPs on it. You couldn't get it done. Then you were the face of the franchise with two MVPs on it, and they're doing, and they they get rid of one of those guys to build a team around you to do it. Like God, we know too much ball handling, too much scoring. Let's give him all these other pieces he needs. Fine, and he was up three one, and he didn't do it, and he walked away, and he took the backseat role. He can win all the NBA Finals MVPs he wants, and I know that's super important to him. Because he needs to be like, I am the alpha on this team. And it's like, fine. But what does that mean when you joined a team that was already there? You didn't elevate them. You, they were already there. They had already won one. You jo- And they already set a record. It's like, I don't understand why he thinks anybody wouldn't think that decision is soft. And look, his, his friends are saying it on the internet. In public, C.J. McCollum is his friend. Listen to the podcast. They're friends. He invites himself out as a friend. And then he got on the internet. He says that move was soft. What? What? C.J. should have said it to his face, though. Right. He should have. I mean, I mean, I will. I'm going to have Duran on that. If you're going to sit there and call him soft on Twitter, bro, you just did his podcast. Call him soft to his face. And look, say, look, man, we're friends. I just think what you did is a is a and soft move. And he insinuates it. And again, I didn't listen to the whole of part one, but they dance around it the whole time. They dance around it the whole time. But one of the barstool guys said, "Like, can we call him a bitch now?" Yeah, it was big and, cat. And CJ said, "I still think the word bitch is disrespectful and shouldn't be used, but I know it's soft, and Kevin knows it's soft." It's like, so the idea, look, if, if, if CJ's co-host had come on and said, hey, uh, is it okay now to call Kevin Durant a bitch? I think he probably would have responded the same way. He was responding to that. He said it in response to that question. I'm not saying CJ shouldn't have, as a journalism major and a guy who wants to do this for a career after the NBA, shouldn't have asked tougher questions. But he also did a podcast with a friend. He didn't do a podcast with... You know, he wasn't 
he wasn't interviewing somebody as a journalist. He was interviewing a, them as a friend. Yeah. The same way, the same way, and again, Bill Simmons is on the Mount Rushmore of podcasters. But he had Boston Celtics star Kyrie Irving on. He didn't ask him about why he left Cleveland. He didn't ask him about believing the world is flat. He didn't ask him about not being on the bench in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Why? Because when you're Bill Simmons, the Boston sports guy, and you're on with Kyrie Irving, Mr. Celtic, you're interviewing him as a friend. Bottom line. Bill Simmons asks great questions. He's a good interviewer. He's on the Mount Rushmore. He let Kyrie Irving off the hook on three monster questions. Well, someone made a made a point right now in the YouTube comment section. I was going to get to that. Did you see Kevin Durant? He called CJ McCollum a snake. Yeah. And and somebody just made a great point in YouTube uh, saying that's that's the Spider Man meme. Yeah. Like the irony of Kevin Durant calling CJ McCollum a snake when that's been Kevin Durant's basically nickname since he left. Come on, man. I- I think something that gets lost is, especially when us blog boys or us pod boys, us, you know, whatever funny name. It sounds like a musical. The yeah. old pod boys and the blog the pod, boys are the doing pod a musical. Boys and the blog boys, are there, there, there's a turf war. <laughs> Who's going to sing Who's going to run the internet? <laughs> and we come, out, the, we come out like. Forget the Jersey boys. Dance ganging. The pod boys are ready to dance and sing. I think something that Kevin Durant misses in the way he like. Talks about us. I a hundred percent am okay with Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. I'm a hundred percent okay with it. Just own it. Just own it. I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't do it as a straight up alpha. I couldn't even be the alpha on my own team. No one would ever say that, Prano. Who would what, you, name you, an athlete? But who you says, say it without saying it anyway. What he needs to understand is like, hey, I just wanted to win championships. In the age of the internet, all the blog boys talk about his ring counts. I wanted to go get mine. It's about legacy. No one's going to remember how I did it after the fact. I'm going to have my rings. I'm going to have my finals MVPs. I'm going to be on the Mount Rushmore. And it's going to be because I made this decision. What you guys think about it, I don't care. As opposed to... Oh, this is the best basketball decision for me. Well, it's soft. It's soft. Just own it. Well. It's soft. Just own it. I forgot to do something at the beginning of the show, and you just reminded me. You uh, you said it's about legacy. In, in the words of our friend Kellen Winslow Jr., it's about legacy, yo. And I want to unveil what we have now. Dirtball fan mail. I would I would argue... We've got some great things. Dirtball fan mail. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dirtball fan mail. I would argue this next gift from Kyle Aronofsky. Oh, man. How many things has Kyle sent us at this point? Well, let me just, let me just give Kyle some have love you, uh, right uh, now. Oh, okay. I was about to say, have you, uh, is, have you squashed the beef? I don't have a the beef. The Spider-Man meme of you and Kyle being like, fuck you. Kyle, I don't have a beef. We've gotten mad at each other at times. Did you block Kyle on Twitter? 
Have I at times? Yeah. Yeah, he's not blocked. Have you blocked people at times? Yeah, and Don't, those people stay blocked. No, no. I, Where's fucking, you know... I usually unblock people that I block. Yeah, especially dirt balls. I'm not. I'm the. I'm the Dikembe Mutombo. Don't, you don't, get blocked, you stay blocked. Don't make this negative. I'm trying. I'm trying to give Kyle some love here. Andrew Box. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give him some love here. Let's not turn this into any drink that up. Will you just suck it? Jonathan Cohen 04. <laughs> Stop it. A- anything we've had in the past is in the past. He has sent. Uh, this is what he sent so far. He sent the Marvin Lewis bobblehead, which is great. The Pete Rose. Gold Star Glass. I mean, he sent other stuff. Uh, you know, he sent a shirt when I was training for the marathon. Anyway, he sent me a Plaxico Burris jersey after I, after I gave up on the Giants. He's without a doubt the number one dirt ball gift sender. Dirt ball mail. But this one is my favorite. He sent us. Dun, 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 oh my goodness! A Kellen Winslow Jr. It's called Legends of the Field. Look at this. I can't believe you still have this in the box. First of all, we definitely have to uh, like do an aftermarket addition to this, where we we put a little bit more hair on him and some Jew glasses. I was thinking about that. We need we need a Jew version of this. Yeah, in honor of Kyle Aronofsky, the number one ranked Jewish dirt ball. Exactly. Look at this. Now, the reason I have not taken it out of the box, to be honest. Collector's edition. We're going to take it out of the box, but... Collector's edition. You want to save its value for when he gets put in jail. Dude, when he gets locked up... You're like my brother. When he gets gets sentenced to three life-term sentences or whatever the hell it's called, when, you know, you just... They just keep tacking on years. By the way, why do they do that? When they're like, he's been sentenced to three life-term... Is that what it's called? Yeah, I guess... I think the... I might be wrong here, but I think the technical answer is uh, you can get paroled. Like, life is like a certain sentence where you can technically get paroled from life. But if you get multiple lives, you can't get paroled. Well, I'm looking. That might be completely wrong. I'm looking at this. It is a limited edition collector, individually numbered. It's when Kellen Winslow Jr. played for the Browns. Look at that shit-eating grin. You know he's up to something. Yeah. So, Kyle. Wow. Guys, I love Dirtball fam mail, and I'll tell you what. Are you going to open it? I am. Okay, you want me to hold the mic? No, I got it. You got it? Yeah. Be very careful. This will go great. Should I put him next to Sister Jean? Seems like a good one. Okay, so so the bottom, we have... I mean, look at the bottom. The bottom says there was only 5,004 made. This is 1,117. It's a limited edition handcrafted collectible, Legends of the Field, made in China. It's a pretty sweet bobblehead. It even has a section for the Brown Stadium. You see? Check it out, Prano. Look at this guy. Uh, You just got to do it like this. Is it about legacy, yo? (laughs) YouTube exclusive. Kellen, is it about legacy, yo? Kellen, uh, have you raped multiple elderly women in your life? Oh, Kellen, jeez. Kellen, did you ever rape a underage girl in San Diego? Oh, that, he's aggressively nodding for that. Wow. One. Kellen, if found not guilty, will you rape again? <laughs> Kellen, was your dirty sports interview, without a doubt, the most hated interview you've ever done in your entire life? Oh man. He's just he only answers in the affirmative. Yeah. 
Kellen, would you still consider yourself a motherfucking soldier? <laughs> Kellen, do you think that raping elderly women goes directly against the idea of one being a soldier? Oh, just no answer? That's kind of soft. We'll leave Kellen there in the middle of the couch the rest of the show. Yeah, I like it. So now let's just let's just go over right now real quick. In my apartment, yeah. When I sleep at night, yeah. I have two pictures of Harambe. Yeah. I have a centaur of you. I have a merman of me. I have OJ Simpson's mugshot looking at me. And now I have a serial geriatric rapist looking at me. Yeah. This is what looks at me when I sleep at night. I wonder what my dreams are going to be like now. Dude, I had a dream the other night. I got shot by a cop, a crooked cop. You're in my head. He was he he was shooting people up, and I was like, is he going to shoot me? And then he goes, I got one more guy. They showed up to this, like, it looked like an old-timer diner. Yeah. And through the window, he's like, I'm going to shoot you too. And he shoots me, but then he shot me in the shoulder. But then I was talking shit back as I was, like, walking away to, like, get help. I was like, fuck you, man. Like, I was talking. And people were like, dude, don't talk shit. He's just going to kill you. But I was talking shit back. And and the cop goes, I'm going to kill you now. And I woke up right as he fucking pulled up his gun to try to shoot me again. That's some serious dreaming there, man. It was intense, man. Yeah. Getting shot by the cops. You woke up and you're like, oh, what happened? Oh, thank God I'm white. (laughs) It was a white cop who was shooting me. Yeah. Anyway, last piece of uh, NBA news. We got we to gotta discuss Vince Carter. 21st season. Next year, he's going to play for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I saw a fun, fun fact. Uh, Trey Young, who's the, I saw this the number too. one uh, pick for the Hawks. Uh, he, his dad is younger than Vince Carter. Amazing. Yeah. Let, let's see if you can name it. Name the team's Prano. Or, yeah, no, sorry. His dad isn't younger than Vince Carter, but his dad. Uh, well, Trey Young's Trey Young. Trey Young was born after yeah. Vince Carter started playing in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. That was Trey, it. Trey Young's dad. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the stat I had. So yeah, so he was born after Vince Carter started. Vince Carter started in the nineteen ninety eight ninety nine season. All right, let's see if you can name the teams. Don't look at my computer. Okay. Name the teams that Vince Carter has played for. Um. Okay. Toronto. Of course. New Jersey. Good. Um, the Grizzlies, correct. The Mavericks, correct. The Kings, correct. You're doing great, Prano. And you're only missing one. I would not have gotten this one. Uh, and hold on, I got it. It's it. It'll. It's just one team. And fuck. The so re- so real quick we have we have Toronto, New Jersey, yep. then it's after New Jersey. Oh, you're actually missing two teams. Damn, who who am I missing? After uh, New Jersey, he did Orlando, right, and then Phoenix, then Dallas, then Memphis, Sacramento last year. I, I was gonna say Phoenix. So for some reason, I remember him being on the Suns, but not really. And yeah, Orlando. That's just a that's just a miss. Yeah. Good for Vince Carter. I saw a lot of people saying, "Bro, you got a ring chase." I saw a lot of people saying, "Look, man, you've done it. You've played for God knows how many teams. I just named twenty one seasons. 
why not be a, like a like a come off the bench type of guy? Because is I mean he's gonna be a come off the bench type of guy on the Hawks. So the question is, do you want to come off the bench, mentor young players, get get minutes, you know, add to your points, your career points, add to you know the highlight reel of the Vince Carter thing, or do you want to be, you know, Richard Jefferson? Uh, Richard Jefferson played minutes on the Cavs, but do you want to be just like a guy on a championship team? One of those w- would be a pretty soft move just to have a ring, even though you don't contribute whatsoever to having that ring. And one would be a move that say, I want to get paid. I want to play basketball and I, and I want to play in games. Well, Vince Carter, not soft. Well, okay. I, I want to bring up someone cause he played for my, my Xavier boys. Like, what do you think about David West? He went to the Spurs at the end, and now he's played for the Warriors. Would you call him soft? He t- took a pay cut. Look. He's got two rings. Now, he does play for them. Yeah, he plays for them. And, I look, I don't think it's soft just to, just to join a team that you think is going to be a championship team. I don't think it's, it was soft for Mike Miller to join the Heat. Do I think it was soft for David? It's like... Is David West playing just about the same amount of minutes he would be playing somewhere else? Yeah, probably. Like you know, 10 what I mean? twelve minutes a game. Yeah. So, uh, would is he better off going there than a shit team where he's going to play more minutes? And because he's not Vince Carter, he's not at, like no one's going to be like, oh, look in the end, David West is fourth on the all-time scoring list. Like Vince Carter has proven at, at some point in his career he was the guy on multiple teams. David West was never the guy on a team. So, oh yeah, he was. Was he? What team? Uh, for sure, the Hornets. New With Orleans. Chris Paul. That's right. I mean, he made the All Star game a few times. Sure, but I'm just saying he was never the guy. So it's like you're not taking a step back in a role where you're like, I was the guy, and now I just got to be like, th- that's that's the career arc for a big in the NBA. It's like you were a good big, you were an All Star big. Then you were, yeah. you know, then you're a bench minutes big. Vince Carter was, you know, the the leading scorer on multiple basketball teams. Where do you put Vince Carter in terms of dunking all time? Uh, he's, uh, I, th- he's, you, I think he's got to be one. He's number one, right? I mean, he's right up there. I mean, if you, I don't know. I'd have to like, I'd have to do a deep dive on like the greatest NBA dunker. If and then you take in consideration like how long they did it for, Bro. the peak. That they did it for his Olympics dunk. Yeah, ridiculous. Was that over a guy from France? That was over Nick's first round draft pick, Frederick Weiss. Yes, from France. Wait, the Knicks drafted that guy? Yes. <laughs> In the first round, like seventh. Wait, was this, was this before or after he got dunked on? This is before he got dunked on, and before he ever played for the Knicks, which I don't think he ever did. Man, what makes you be like, oh, this guy just got put the, the posterized dunk of the century. Yeah, I think we want him on our team. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they drafted him before that. He was drafted before that by the Knicks. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, Vince Carter, he's right up there. All time. I mean, when you consider the dunk contest, when you consider the in-game dunks, when you consider the Olympic dunk. He's got to be right up there. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know who the other, who's the, who's who's really who really you put in the argument. Dominique Wilkins. Dominique, yeah. But even that, it's like, 
I don't know. I think it's Vince. Yeah. I'd say Vince from from our lifetime. Yes. For sure. You know what? I mean, we I've don't, thought about it, we don't and, know. and I officially have announced that this conversation. I mean, we don't know Dr. Jags. We didn't see him. Right. I mean, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen some of the women he bangs. Yeah. Dr. J. I've seen a lot of the Dr. J dunks, but like, that's just like a different era. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, he's putting the ball into the rim from above. <laughs> People are like, this is magic. We should. Uh, this car was like, I just put my whole goddamn hand in there. We should check out. You know what? There's a lot of summer league games going on around here. Yeah. Venice Beach, the big three. Dr. J's a coach there. Ennis Cantor was just down in Venice Beach last weekend. Was he? Running Ennis Cantor's basketball camp. I was I was thinking about trying to dive bomb him on the beach, but then I was like, ah, fuck it. Isaiah Thomas did that tweet you saw. He said he was heading down to Venice to play. Yeah. I didn't see him. I was I was scouting the courts for a minute that day. Anyway, we should uh we should hop on SeatGeek. Maybe get some tickets. Maybe go check out a big three game. Yep. I'm down. What do you think? Let's do it. We you know, we haven't done we haven't done anything in a while. We haven't gotten to a ball game. We haven't gotten to a basketball game. Obviously, we're gonna go. I'm glad you brought it up, Andy. We're gonna be looking. We just bought our airline tickets to Chicago. That's right. And now we've got to buy our baseball tickets on SeatGeek. Yeah. Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs. My first visit to either of those ballparks for the Midwest. Dirtball meetup in September. So we're going to go to a White Sox game on Wednesday. Wednesday, September 5th. 5th. And then a Cubs game Monday, September 10th. Correct. And like Joe said, we're going to go on SeatGeek to get those tickets. Guys, SeatGeek should be your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Guys, what I love about SeatGeek, and I know Joe loves this, every ticket is fully, I'm sorry, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Um, we both have the app on our phone, obviously. We use it, guys. I don't know I don't know why. It's the easiest way to get tickets. It really is. I, I, have, a, I have a method for SeatGeek. What I do is I go in, I set my max ticket price, I look at the map, see what's come up, I immediately eliminate sections I don't want to sit in. And I'm usually down to like five or six options. And then they rate them for me. Green, yellow, red in terms of value. I pick one of the, the green ones of the five or six options left. I look at the view from my seat, which is amazing that SeatGeek provides you a view, an actual picture of what it's going to look like. And then, boom, make my purchase. Well, the, and I use promo code DIRTY. I would say the best part of all this is that all the dirt balls, that's you guys. Get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Oh, little new teaser they are throwing in for the ad read. Like it. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Yo, SeatGeek, maybe voiceovers? Maybe maybe you can pay me for some voiceovers. Life's I, an event. I think that's literally what they just did. We have the tickets. Is I it mean, we have the tickets. Life's an event. We have the tickets. I'm giving them a few different versions. Yeah. Maybe a little side money so I can upgrade from this studio to a two bedroom apartment. I rent forty nine hundred in Venice. And then what? Your bobbleheads all get a room. 
I think the Kellen Winslow Jr. bobblehead alone deserves a room. I can't wait to explain this to my mom when she comes in town. Who's that guy? Well, he raped old women. Well, Mom. Well, Mom. If you ever meet Kellen Winslow. Yeah, you're at the prime age to run. Yeah. Just run. She's like, good, because I've been doing half marathons. <laughs> we got to talk a little NFL for a minute, Prano. Ah, oh, this this uh, national anthem thing. It just won't go away. Jerry Jones is the epitome of old white man. Yeah. Bro, pick a, pick a lane here. What is he doing? He was kneeling last year. He was literally on the sideline kneeling. With his, t- with his players. He is now saying what? They will. He's going to be fining and suspending players who kneel? Jerry Jones said yesterday he wouldn't support a player who elected to stay in the locker room during the anthem. He wouldn't support a player that elects to stay in the locker room? He said, our policy is you stand for the anthem, toe on the line. Who's our? The Cowboys? I assume. Guess what? The Cowboys are the team. People come there to watch the team. Not you. Not your fucking Jumbotron. They come to watch the team. Your policy, when you use the word our, our policy is whatever the fuck those guys do. Your personal policy might be everybody stands toe on the line. But guess what? Your personal policy is bullshit. And what a fucking, I mean, I I saw your tweet about it. I saw multiple people tweet about it. It's like, this is the guy who every year goes, all right, steal the draft. Third round, we're going to get a rapist. Let's get that rapist. Let's get that guy who beat up his girlfriend. Let's get that guy who murdered somebody. He signed Greg Hardy after no team, no team in the NFL wanted to go after him because he beat the shit out of his girlfriend, threw her on a bed full of guns, and basically was showing her, hey, you fuck up again. One of these bullets is going to go in your head. Yeah. He signed that guy. Because this is what... He the- sued the NFL over Ezekiel Elliott getting punished for grabbing a girl's tit, pulling down her shirt in public, and maybe beating up another girl. He sued the NFL over it. Our policy is that you are guilty unless you're on the Cowboys. And then you're definitely innocent. Yeah, I just... I don't understand... How people don't see this hypocrisy? Uh, like, dude, well, you're signing criminals. Who's, who's people? Who's people? Just idiots in this country. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's hypocrisy. Like, the people that don't see it, they just they just don't have the ability to see anything. They're, those are the people that are blinded by their love of, like, honestly, I don't even know what anymore. Like, who are the people like this is what I want to who are the people that are defending this kind of shit? Because like, I mean, I see them on the Internet, but like, who are you? Faceless What's, trolls. Yeah. But like, what is your like, what do you believe in? Like, that's what I, that's my problem that I always have is with with people that are like, uh, you fucking guys, they better stand like and I, I've had people come at me on Twitter and I've had people say they disagree with my point on it. But what I want to know is what do you stand for? Because I've said it before 
if you're Jerry Jones, you're Mr. Texas, you're Mr. Patriot, right? You are saying our policy is you do what the boss man tells you to do. So your what you're for is a complete and utter lack of freedom. That's what you're for. You bring up a good point. I was thinking that yesterday. Like, what's his... Because at the end of the day, all these guys care about is making money. Agreed? Right. But what's his end game? Like, you're... You're you're taking this stance. My point is, I, I try to think this through. Are there people who are saying... I'm not going to go to a Cowboys game unless everybody stands. I like Yes. But then they'll just be replaced by somebody who will go. Right. Of course they will. That's my point. For sure. So why are you taking because this Because the the vocal minority gets more attention than the quiet majority. The people who send Jerry Jones letters the fucking dude that he goes golfing with is like, Jerry, man, you got to do something about these black guys kneeling on the sideline. I'm not coming to games, Jerry. I'm certainly not buying the fucking big old sign above that big old board that says Dallas Ford. I ain't buying it, Jerry. I ain't buying it unless you got these motherfuckers standing. I don't want to say the word, Jerry, but I'm. But if you don't look. If we weren't out here on the golf course, I would say the words. You need those you-know-whats to fucking stand. Jerry, I'm not doing it, Jerry. Jerry, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. You listening to me? Big old white racists threatening to hold money away from him. That's but, who he's afraid but of. But no one's holding money. That's my argument. You're, we know the numbers. They just posted them. The NFL made a record $8.1 billion last year. Yeah, but year. the local advertisers, the people, the, the, the Dallas you know, car fucking lots and the local real estate agent and the local fucking taco stand or whatever, all the people that do the local ads, fat, white, Dumb, racist, southern fucking idiots telling Jerry we're not going to. He's catering to his advertisers. But he, dude, he's a billion. Like, like, again, you just said it. You stand for nothing in life. The only thing that any you of these. You stand for money. And that, honestly. That say, that's it. That's the only thing these guys I, stand like for. Like I've said before, it's a bad, you're a bad businessman. You're not seeing if the you're future. If you're plugging long-term holes and creating uh, p- plugging short-term holes and creating long-term tears in the system. The idea that people who are not racist are going to show up and take those seats if the racists leave is a fact. The idea that somebody's going to come in and want to be a slave for you after you basically go on and say, I am the owner, and you will do as I say. The idea that people aren't going to be like, fuck this, man. I'm going to the NBA. Fuck this. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a linebacker. I'm fucking, 
a guy like, uh, you know, a, a defensive tackle or fucking whatever, I'm going to go be a UFC fighter where I can put whatever the fuck I want on my shorts, beat people up. They actually cu- stop the fight if they think I'm concussed. He's just, you know, Jerry Jones is also saying he's not whining about Trump. He's the one who got Trump involved. Yeah. He's saying Trump commenting nonstop on this is problematic. No, dude, you just commented on this. Right. You're problematic. Yeah. You're not letting this end. Right. How do you not see that? Trump's going to Trump Trump's going to weigh in on anything. The idea that people who are actual successful bil- billionaire men that are getting trolled by somebody, it's like that's precisely why you're going to lose. That's precisely why this is going to hurt you. You're letting somebody troll you. He's trolling you. And the same thing goes for the same thing goes for the other side. If you fucking quote tweet Trump, you got trolled and you got trolled pretty fucking hard. You take what he's saying and you're sharing it. Your arch nemesis, you're sharing their words. You're sharing their words. The, of their arch nemesis. You're promoting it to your people. You're promoting their words. I've said that forever. I have said that forever. I want to hear it, though. Somebody DM me. Somebody message me. Please. No, call into the show. Call into the show. But make an actual fucking, make an actual point. I want to hear an actual point. Not some bullshit like, it's America, and that's what you're supposed to do. Or my father was a vet, and he thinks that these dumb black bastards need to stand, so I think that these dumb black bastards need to stand. Make a point. Why the literal fuck do you care what people do during the national anthem at a football game? Why do you give a single fuck? And keep in mind that if you do care, it means and and I want you to I want you to make this in your argument. Explain to me how if you care so much about the national anthem, how you even fucking know. Why are you not staring at the flag blowing in the wind or the digital flag that they put up on the fucking screen, which is also complete and utter bullshit? How do you even know what the fuck people are doing if you care so much? Nobody, and I've argued with a lot of dirtballs, and I respect, I have disagreements with dirtballs all the time, and I respectfully argue with them on different things. Not one of you, not one of you, so if you've argued with me, you're encompassed in this, not one of you has made a single, even close to decent point about the national anthem. In fact, uh, 100% of you guys have embarrassed yourselves, embarrassed yourselves. I was arguing with guys over Tiger Woods the other day. You guys weren't embarrassing yourselves. It was a little weird. There's a little tiger slurping going on. You didn't embarrass yourselves. A hundred percent of people who have tried to make a point about this anthem have embarrassed themselves. Well, it's themselves. the same thing, Joe. It's the same thing, and it's the same point with both, which both you and I fully understand. This is the point people always make. Well, it's a business, and if you don't like it, you don't have to play football. You can go work somewhere else. Well, you can't work at the other professional American football league. You, you can't. By the way, which the president of the United States ran into the ground. 
Okay? But, so, but, but no, my point is we understand that. I understand that, that the owners can do what they want. Guys, we fully understand But that. I've said it before. That doesn't make it right. I've That's said it point. before, and I'll say it again. The NFL is taking money from the United States Defense Department to fucking do flyovers, to have Marines and Navy people and Army people shown on the Jumbotron. And they're taking money from cities and states to build stadiums. So that's three different ways that football teams are taking my money as a taxpayer without asking me to prop up their business. You are not a private company. You are a public company. You are a public company funded without my permission by my tax dollars. It would. This would be so. The- take your pri- again. I just want to say because I want the response. I want it. I want to hear your argument. Make a solid argument, but don't say that one because that is factually incorrect. Well, this would be the equivalent, and and I do like how you always bring that up with these publicly funded stadiums. It would be like. Google building a new massive skyscraper in downtown LA that was funded by taxpayers. Yes. And then you'd be like, what? We're paying for your building? And then Google saying, you can't search these words. And it's like, hey, we're a private company. We can say what you can and you can't search. It's like, like, wait, I just paid for this. Yeah, I live in LA County. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, on a much lighter note, as a Rams fan, I'm pretty happy with what's going on here. Pretty happy, Joe. Brandon. Well, I gotta, I gotta call, I gotta throw a little shade your way then. Go ahead. You're pretty happy that they're giving money to Indomitian Sue and Gurley. They're signing all kinds of big free agents or whatever. But you're also complaining about their ticket prices. So. It's tough to be the fucking biggest player in free agency. Keep your star running back. Give Aaron Donald the money, too. Overpay Brandon Cooks. And give tickets away to fucking Mexicans who just want to fucking sell corn outside pregame. Well, for the next two years, (laughs) I will still be able to attend games. Right. Because the ticket prices are still relatively decent at L.A. Coliseum. Now when they move to the new stadium in Inglewood... Um, again, unless unless more of you guys use any of these SeatGeek promo codes, Dirty, or any of our other sponsors, yeah, I might be watching all the games from the Smart Studio. But they gave Todd Gurley this week a four-year, sixty, was it sixty million dollar deal with forty-five million guaranteed. But the big news here is that one, he was already under contract for two more years. Right. They basically were saying we're going to settle this now. But the big news is that the big news, I should say, I'm sorry, is that. Forty-five million now is the most ever guaranteed for a running back, and everything I've read from the Ian Rappaports to the Adam Schefter to whoever, all the guys who were in this, they said this will change forever now. Basically, the market value for running backs and what they make. Now that one team said, "Hey, we're going to give a guy this much guaranteed," because we all know running backs have yeah. a short lifespan in the NFL. Absolutely. And- so I say good to the Rams for that. You're paying a guy who deserves it. You're, I mean, like a guaranteed. Uh, so, amount. so you know, the idea of deserves it becomes questionable when you start talking about running backs. I mean, there's a lot of proof in. You're probably 
just as well off, if not better off, going by a value running back by committee and spreading your money around to other teams, to would, other positions? I would disagree with that. Okay. But because here, here's why I was reading more and I was read I was reading a lot of articles on running backs now. The reason is there there are only a few, and by that I, I would just off the top of my head just name three: Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Todd Gurley. There's only a few who are so good. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, Zeke's pretty good too. I forgot him. That's my bad. My point is who are three down running backs at this point who can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Not that many guys can stay on the field at a at a very productive rate yeah. that these guys are doing. David Johnson hurt last year. Ezekiel Elliott missed games last year. Le'Veon Bell missed games multiple years. Le'Veon Todd, Todd Gurley. That I mean, I'm just saying. My point is, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. They still were one and two in the league in yards from scrimmage. Right, no. I understand that, but I'm saying from a from a money ball approach, the answer is there's a lot of proof in spend your money elsewhere. Look, the Giants just drafted Saquon Barkley. I love him. If 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 it works out, if Saquon Barkley becomes one of these guys, we have to do this. Yeah. It's it's a double edged sword in this conversation. The the idea though, the Ian Rappaport's whatever, that this changes the game. It changes the game for who? Four players? Because well, that's what you're saying to me. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna yeah, yes. I, I was what I was reading was I, I forget where I read the article, but it was basically saying now those players, especially with Le'Veon Bell's contract coming up, they will now get a certain amount more than let's say a like in the past like like in the past they brought they brought guys like a DeMarco Murray or a Chris Johnson guys who had some monster seasons and then just flamed out which then ended up affecting the market for the running back but they're saying that's also changing now the NFL teams are looking at the different types of running backs so that makes sense and they're and they're going to pay these guys who are three down backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield basically look we had this in the past we had the we had the glory days of everybody had their star running back. We had we had a time when every team had you know Curtis Martin and Tiki Barber and Barry Sanders and you know like every team had their guy and he was their guy for a while. And then we went through a, a solid era there where the marquee running back, like off the top of your head, Marshawn Lynch on the on the Seahawks. Who's your other marquee running back on a Super Bowl winner? For a long time, I mean, the Patriots never had a marquee running back. Those two Giants teams never had a marquee running back. Corey Those, Dillon won one with the, the Patriots. He was marquee. He wasn't a marquee running back. That was after the fact. No, because he had all those great years in Cincinnati. He was he was a marquee running back. Dude, he was not in by any means a 100-yard every game kind of guy. When he was on the Patriots. Let me look him up. Okay. I could be wrong. I mean, even the Steelers. Steelers won with Bettis, and then they won. Like, give me his stats on New England. Bro, he had a great year that year. He rushed for 1,600 yards. 12 rushing touchdowns. That's a marquee season. You have to admit. Okay. I mean, that also was... I, I, you, you have a valid point. I'm not disagreeing with that, though. 
That was 2004. Yeah. So it's been 14 years. Right. I mean, I, I look, th- maybe it's coming back. Maybe we're maybe the scouting's different. Maybe the talent's different. Maybe the uh, choosing players uh, from you know college is different. Uh, but I think that there is something in that the way that the game was that the game did change. You're like, why would we spend money on a running back when you probably need two? We have to pay our quarterbacks this much. We have to play defensive ends and corners this much. We have to pay a left tackle this much. But the bottom line is there are great talents. Again, the Giants are a team with Saquon Barkley. Like four years from now when his rookie contract's done and they have to make a decision like the Rams do with Todd Gurley, if he doesn't have Todd Gurley's last season, if he has – if Todd Gurley has every season up that he was doing up to last season, he doesn't get this money. He doesn't get this money. He did it last year when they were good, and he was great, and he got paid. But like four years from now, if the Giants aren't very good and Saquon Barkley's ever, you know, getting twelve hundred yards a season, no one's giving him eighty million dollars. Yeah, the Rams are pretty stacked, though. Yeah, incredibly. I mean. If you look at their depth chart, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. And I mean loaded. Yeah. I, I don't see a weakness in the Rams. And they also had good special teams last year, if you remember. Yeah. No, they're great. They're, they're good, good punting and I kicking I mean, game. to me, I, are they not the favorite in the NFC? Who is the NFC favorite? You, well, the Eagles, they won. I mean, th- that that's cool and all, but I, I get the defending champs, but that doesn't always mean that you're the favorite, especially when you consider that the Rams just added six guys. Wow. The Rams are, uh, I need an updated article. Let's let's, this one's from last month. The odds to win. Just give me the fucking teams. Um, I don't. I don't have anything updated. Patriots, here. Packers, Eagles, Rams, Vikings. Those are all probably the teams that are up in the top. Steelers, Jacksonville. Well, yeah. Okay, here it is. Current Vegas odds. I just can't get over the Patriots. I just can't get over this shit. This is as of today. Future odds from VegasInsider.com. Pats seven to one, Vikings ten to one, Eagles ten to one, Rams twelve to one. I'll put, I'll put money on the Rams right now. I'll certainly put money on the Rams right now to to win the NFC. Yeah, Rams twelve to one, Steelers twelve to one, Packers fourteen to one. I, I just I don't know, man. I, I think the Patriots are gonna. I mean, we've been saying it. I think they're gonna fall off. I just, I do. How about this Belichick not, still not answering questions about Malcolm Butler? Do you want me to play the clip? Sure. I have. The, I actually haven't heard the clip. I just read the article. All right. You want to throw on the headphones? Sure. I have the clip. Yeah. I got the good headphones again. Welcome back. And I got, these ones are busted. Can we put my fucking initials on these or something? Look, look at these ones. It doesn't go in all the way. I look like, a, I look like radio. <laughs> like special needs, dude. Look at this. Okay, uh, let me let me pull this up here. Are they busted or are they just on your hat? No, they're busted. Yeah, Belichick won't answer questions about. Uh, he still won't answer questions about 
Malcolm Butler. Let me make sure the YouTube thing is. We're uh, on to 2018. That's literally what he's saying. We're on to 2018. Let me uh, let me play the clip. Waiting patiently on it. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask about last year. Yeah, yeah. last year is last year. I'm not focused on last year. Yeah. What about the fact that everywhere we go, folks want to ask about Malcolm Butler? I mean, sports coaches, players, university. You're a sports fan. Yeah, we've is talked there, about that. That's multiple months ago. Is there going to be any more explanation about why he didn't play? Focused on training camp. Would you do it any differently? Training camp? Well, we're, no. we're getting started. We're working on that right now. We'll do it the best we can. And does it matter to you? Do you care that the fans want to know more about this? I'm focused on doing the best that I can for the 2018 New England Patriots. That's my job. That's what I'm going to do. And That's what I've always done in the past. You know, every day that I've coached here, I've done the best that I could for this football team, and I'll continue to do that. And right now my focus is on the 2018 season, not 2017, not 2014, not 2007, not 2004, not 2001, not 2000. I'm not focused on any of those seasons. They're done. And for this season, for this season's team, is it important for you to address the Malcolm Butler thing with your team? It's important for me to have a good season in 2018. I'm going to do everything I can to do that. He's do the best that I can for our football team. That's my job, and that's my responsibility. That's what I'm going to try. But see, that's why, that's why I personally like him. Why? It's a really simple question. Hey, Bill, I know you're focused on the 2018 season. I would assume that your goal is to win the Super Bowl. Last year, you didn't win the Super Bowl. A lot of people think that the difference between a Super Bowl winning team and not a Super Bowl winning team is having a lockdown corner in a game where a guy throws for 450 yards and straight up carves up your defense. Can you explain going into the 2018 season what might cause you to bench your best corner? Well, look, dude, the reason I like Belichick, him giving these robotic responses, which we've seen, to me, that's his charm for me personally. He, he's Look, do I want to know? Yeah, I would love to know why Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl. He's never going to reveal that. But I also think, again, that's why I like him. Like, he's just, he doesn't get mad there. He just... Very mellow in his responses, and that's how that's who he is. Like, 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 why does that bother you? Uh, well, the, the only aspect of it that bothers me is like when you're straight up a dick, when you know the, what question they're asking, but you answer thinking, uh, like when when he goes, how, "How would you do it different?" Training camp? Well, we just got started. You know, you know what he's talking about, and you're being a dick. But it's funny to me. It's funny. I didn't hear a lot of laughers in that. I didn't hear. I didn't hear you laugh. I didn't hear anybody in the room laugh. Bill didn't laugh at it. The guy who asked the question didn't laugh at it. I'm I not, did laugh hey, at it. Hey, look. I was, I was hey, look, on the whole don't time. get me wrong. I get that there's a lot of Netflix specials right now no one's laughing at either, and that's called comedy. But uh, was that comedy? Is that a joke? I, I, fuck. I, that interview to me is comedy. It's funny. I was smiling the whole time. I, I, I'm going to take a pa- page out of Michael Che's book now, but if no one's laughing, is it? I did laugh at the end. Is it comedy? I was laughing. Well, he bombed in the room, Andy. He bombed in the room full of fucking cheddar dick. 
I've seen serious uh, look reporters. Reporters will laugh when shit is funny. It, watch watch Greg Popovich do the same thing. People are fucking rolling. And you know what? Greg Popovich would explain why he did it, and he'd fucking move on. Yeah, but at the end of the day, dude, I, again, I, I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big Belichick guy. I, like, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to defend it. You're right. He doesn't have to. Or explain it. Doesn't have to. But you're just going to keep getting the questions. I mean, this is like the same thing we're talking about with the national anthem. It's like, it's a story because you won't let it stop being a story. I agree. So when everybody talks about the distraction and we don't want this guy for the distraction, we don't want this, we don't want that. Well, if you answer this question, There's then no it's over. Yeah, he's perpetuating it. I agree there. I definitely agree there too. I like Bill Belichick. I think he's, obviously, I think he's one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time. Oh, he's the best. Okay. I mean, he's up there for sure. And there's a lot about his personality that makes those teams good. Like, that's his approach. But there's there's other aspects of his personality that it's like, oh, it's all about winning all the time. That's also why you fucking cheated and didn't apologize for that. It's also why you fucking, like, he's had these in the past. I didn't know. I didn't, sorry. I didn't know you couldn't videotape other teams practicing without their permission. I didn't, so... We're on to, we're on to the next practice. We might tape it. We might not. We're on to the next practice. It's like, dude, at some point you gotta be, at some point you just gotta take fucking ownership for your own failures, which the Super Bowl was. Super Bowl, you failed, you blew it, you lost, you let a backup quarterback carve you up, and you sat your thing. Own it. Own your failure. You failed. You've won a lot. You didn't win them all. Own it. Why'd you fail? What happened? Do we have to worry about you doing that again? Coming into the 2018 season? Do you just, is this something that you can... Will you, in 2018, bench guys and not explain it? Yeah, he will. It's Bill Belichick. That's what he's done his whole career. That's also, again, why he's made it to nine Super Bowls and won five. I, I, I'll tell you this much. I'd rather have him do it his way if the results keep happening, and, and for the most part, they do. I mean, if you're a Pats fan, you, you can be... My point as a Pats fan, you can be mad all you want. Under Belichick, you've made it to nine Super Bowls and won five. Oh, I don't think Pats fans are mad at him. I don't think Pats fans give a fuck. Pats fans didn't give a fuck when he cheated. Blatantly. They're still defending it. Balls deflate in cold weather. Everybody cheats. Go to everybodycheats.com. It's all right there. I mean, Pats fans don't give a fuck. You're absolutely right. But the bottom line is, Bill Belichick, as successful as he's been, there's holes. There's holes in his success. There's there's cheating scandals. There's Super Bowl losses. There's trading away the future of your franchise at quarterback, there's our ESPN articles coming out about the you know the problems that you and your quarterback and your owner have right before you lose a Super Bowl. Again, nah, whatever. <sighs> well, no, I mean all those things you said, whatever. The results are there. That's all I'm sticking by. Okay, nine Super Bowls, one five. End of story. That's the only thing I'm looking at. Eight Super Bowls, right? 
Oh, yeah, I keep saying nine. They lost the Giants twice, and now uh, the uh, the Eagles. Well, let's let's end. Well, we we're gonna do dirtball calls today. Okay. But before we do that, I want to end on a a, a fun story. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing already, thinking about it. Just looking at this guy's mug. This is the headline from Deadspin.com. Man charged with impersonating Bruins owner to get out of paying for stuff. Dude, this is a just a great story, I think. So this guy was trying to impersonate the Boston Bruins owner. This guy named Jeffrey Jacobs, who is 37 and right. lives in Connecticut. Again, his name is Jeffrey Jacobs, has been impersonating 78-year-old Boston Bruins owner Jeremy Jacobs. They don't even have the same name. One is 78 years old. and He's, one, he's pretending to straight up be not his son. He's not pretending. He's just pretending to be that guy. He was pre- pretending to be the owner. And how does that even play out? My thoughts exactly. This is from... Uh, this is from uh, this is from the report. Police said Jeffrey Jacobs, again, 37, lied about his identity to curry favor with a tree service company after a tree on his home uh, on Drum Hill Road during a, had fallen. This is the best part. The tree's company owner who told police he was an avid Brewers fan was enticed to come onto the home <laughs> in the middle of the storm and later billed the $5,100 job to Jeremy Jacobs, the actual owner of the Bruins. So here's what happens. A tree falls in this dude's home. This dude comes out after... If a tree falls in someone's home and no one's there to pay for it, (laughs) did it even happen? This is the best part. He billed, like he trusted. They do the work. They do $5,000 with the tree removal work. And instead of like handing this dude the invoice, he bills the actual owner of the Bruins. Yeah. And in true Boston fashion, when the police asked him about it, he's like, look, I'm just looking on to next winter. We'll worry about next winter. That happened in the past. We'll worry about next winter. And they're like, all right, good enough for us. He's looking on to next winter. What are you going to do? Mistakes happen, I guess. But here's the, here's another story. You're free to go, sir. Uh, last November... Jacobs allegedly tried to get out of a traffic ticket by telling the officer he was the Bruins owner. <laughs> so he got pulled over one time and was like, no, dude, I'm the Boston Bruins owner. Even though, again, they don't even have the same name. And he's 41 years younger. I mean, honestly. That's like, like I don't even know how that, and did it work again and did it work for the traffic ticket? It doesn't say if that worked or not. A lot of dumb this, people in this. Is this a Deadspin story? Yeah. Deadspin loves to do this. Deadspin loves to give you like five nuggets of information. And you're like, what the fuck actually happened here? They're like, in last year, he was at a seven eleven and he said he was a Bruins owner. Okay. What did he try to buy? Did he get it? Was he arrested? The the tree one's pretty funny though. The yeah. fact that he was like he wasn't given an invoice. Right. He's like, bill it to me at one Bruins way, <laughs> Boston, Massachusetts. You could just put on the uh, top of it, owner. Well, I'm, I've pulled up the actual story uh, that was given from. Uh, was he arrested? Yeah, he was arrested. He was charged with criminal impersonation. He was released on a $5,000 bond and given a court date for uh, next week. How, d- dude? 
What what is going on? Tr- I mean, not troll or moron, just morons. I guess it worked for a while though. <laughs> if you could pick anybody, like who would be a great guy just to uh, claim you're that you're? I'm uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah. I own the Dallas Mavericks. Well, no, because, see, I know what the Mark Cuban looks like. I have no idea. This guy could look exactly like 78-year-old fucking owner. Like, I have no clue. That's a good pick. That's like back in the day when I used to go out to bars in New York when I was in my 20s. I said I was a MLS goalie because I was like, nobody watches the MLS. I can assure you that I will not run into somebody who knows the backup goalie for the New York and New Jersey Metro Stars. That was your move? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I kind of play soccer. I don't play a lot. Our starter's pretty good. I was like, I mostly just practice, and then I hang out. And girls are like, that's so fucking cool. I'm like, yeah, it is pretty cool. We used to have a thing. Uh, my my roommate out here, he shot a pilot. It never got picked up. Uh, but he was like a charming dude. And uh, when we go out, I would I would say, like, he would go to the bathroom, and I'd be like, I'd be like, he, he's really, uh, I'd be like, Greg is really, uh, he's humble. He's got a show. It's going to be coming out soon. And they'd be like, really? I'm like, yeah, don't, don't bring it up because, you know, he's, he's got this, this cooking show. He, he filmed something called Celebrity Eats, which basically is a show now. There's got to be, right? Yeah. He was actually way ahead of the time where you go to a celebrity's house and they, like, cook their best meal. Uh, we still do this. I'll go out with you. I'll tell girls, like, he's a comedian. Don't bring it up, though. Wait, you do that? I'm like, Andy, you know, comic. And they're like, really? I'm over there laughing. like, well, not really, but. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> but, yeah, they would always bring it up, and then he would play along. Like, a lot of times, I wouldn't tell him. He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't like, hey, lie. Right. And then we'd realize, especially if it, was, if it was two girls, we'd both be in. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, he's got a TV show coming out. We'd be like, yeah, Food Network in the fall. It's Solid coming, move. It's coming out. Food Network. He's got that Food Network money. Holy shit. Do you know fucking... Do you know Guy Fieri? <laughs> oh, yeah, me and Guy are boys. You know where that bullshit really works is, like, on the road. Oh, yeah. When you're out of L.A. And then you don't even really have to lie. You can just be like, I live in Los Angeles. And they're like, holy shit. <laughs> Do you know the Jenners? <laughs> oh, yeah. I fucking hang on them all the time. That's amazing. Yeah, because here, I'm almost embarrassed now when girls are like, oh, it's embarrassing. On like Tinder or Bumble, and they're like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Okay, let's see here. How do I explain podcasting, comedy?" I always say nothing interesting. Social media, like, how do I explain this? How do you make a living? I don't. I used to. I used to say nothing. Nothing interesting because I didn't want to talk about comedy. What do you do? Nothing interesting. It doesn't matter. Or it doesn't matter. Well, what do you do? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Please stop. I don't care what you do. I can assure you of that. Well, you want to get to some dirtball calls? Let's do it. Let's throw on those headphones, buddy, and let's uh, let's see what we got today. I'm, I get excited for dirtball calls when I get to pick up my nice headphones. Um, I want to say to the dirtballs quickly, uh, guys, if you're going to leave a call, I love you guys, but Uh-oh. I really don't care about your opinion that much. Call, call with questions. Unless, okay. unless you're bringing a new point to the table. My, my my thing is I listen, but, but it's not rude. I I, I respect your opinions. I I want to hear them. Don't keep make, them under sixty seconds though. Don't make <laughs> me the bad guy. There was a lot of calls of people 
leaving their opinions, and a lot of it was about stuff you said, and it's just like, well, Joe already said his opinion, and I don't really understand what point you're trying to make, especially if Joe, if, if you and I asked a question, I get that. But if they're going to leave a call, like there was, a, there was one call, uh, and I'm not going to play it, I don't even remember where it's at, but he was calling about Tiger Woods, and it's like, he totally missed your points of... Well, I mean, th- look. Why are we talking about a guy who's not there? He was trying to explain something completely different. It's like, that's... You're comparing two different things. Right. And I, look, I I do care about your opinion, but it's like, you better... You better bring it, and you better have... Be like, this is what I think, and fucking nail it, and be like, I don't know. He's kind of got you here, Joe. Like, uh, uh, respond. You know what I mean? But that's my point. Yeah. If you have an opinion, make it something interesting. But just like the like, don't definitely don't call up and be like, "Tiger was good once," so that's why we care. And that's exactly what that call. I was. mean, that's what they all fucking say. And that was my and, point. And, and just like I said to people on Twitter, Dwight Howard was good once, and ESPN tweeted D- uh, Dwight Howard sitting at the podium, signing with the Wizards, and his joke about all the teams he's been on. And ESPN, fuck you. Dwight Howard is no longer very good. I, it is not a story where he's going. It is not a story where Carmelo Anthony is going. Just because they were once great a decade ago doesn't mean I give a shit what they're doing now. Talk to me about the athletes who are fucking killing it. Vince Carter. We talked about Vince Carter signing with the Hawks. It's like, great. We can talk about it. We're not here going, he's back. Look at the heat map. Oh, when Vince signed. Oh, he's in it. Oh, it's gonna. I gotta get Atlanta Hawks tickets. That's Vince Carter was good ten years ago and is not any longer good. So we give him a nice ode to. Was it? Look at this. Is cute. Is he the best dunker ever? Great. Are we going, oh, Vince, oh, Vince, oh, because that's what every single person on the internet talking about Tiger Woods is. If you tweeted 400 times about Tiger Woods last weekend and you haven't tweeted about Vince Carter, uh, you're full of shit. By the way, that is going to make some amazing gifts. Vince Carter dunked over somebody. What year was that? Frederick Weiss? 2004. Okay. 2000. It's, I'll tell you what, it's closer to Tiger Woods' last major than we are right now. That's for fucking sure. Well, glad I didn't play the call about Tiger. Let's, let's, get, to a, uh, let's get to a different call, though. What up, Joe and Andy? This is Tanner, the Bismarck Dirtball, hometown of Carson Wentz, uh, the original creator of the Harambe Reds jersey. Um, I just want to hear you guys' top five of athletes that you would take with you through the slums of like Detroit or the hood of Compton, that, uh, top five athletes you want to have in your back. Um, I'm going to be Ben Wallace, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch uh, Sean Kemp, uh, probably O.J. Simpson, and uh, Pac-Man Jones. Um, look forward to what you have to say. Stay dirty. And condoms are for Matty Goldberg. Fuck that guy. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's the one you decided to play? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't fully hear that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, this to me is super easy. Oops. I am going to take 
Uh, hold on. I, I, I need one more. Okay, I'm in a car. Five people. I got four. But like, can I? While you're thinking of it, my question to uh, my question to him is. By the way, I love the Harambe jersey. I actually just watched it yesterday. Uh, like, what's the goal here? We're just rolling through a rough neighborhood. Yeah, I guess maybe. I guess he insinuated like that these guys are going to somehow keep you safe. Is this like some training day shit? Yeah. So here's what I'm going with. I'm going with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan. And Shaquille O'Neal. Why? Because if those people roll through the hood, no motherfucker is shooting at. They're going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and they're like, who is the white boy with four of the greatest basketball hoopers of all time? I understand that his theory is like a bodyguard situation, but you don't need a bodyguard if you're rolling with fucking the goats on goats on goats. Black people just be losing their mind. Yo, white boy, can I get a picture with you? I don't know who you are, but you're rolling with Shaquille O'Neal and MJ. Wait, so who are your guys? MJ, Shaq, Jordan, LeBron. We already said MJ, then Jordan. MJ, sorry, KD. Okay. LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal. Unmistakably famous NBA stars. I am going to choose to roll through with one direction. Okay. Throw him for a loop. And dying. <laughs> who are these good-looking young British boys yeah. who can sing? No, no one knows. They're, gonna be like, they're like one direction. What the fuck are you talking about, one direction? You, you're dead. That'd be a fun <laughs> I'm game. I'm famous. That'd be a fun game to play uh, if I went to Compton and played a One Direction song. Out of every 10 people I asked in Compton. Zero. You think zero? Zero. I think average, zero. Okay, I play an NSYNC song. They would know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's a different time. That was... now. Backstreet Boys, they would know. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Ish. NSYNC because of Timberlake. One. No, because back then, there was only so many choices with music. You had the radio, and you had fucking CDs, and if you went into a CD store, you walked by that shit. You watched MTV, they played that shit, you watched the radio. Now, you never, ever, ever have to listen to somebody else's choice of music. Ever. Yeah. You can listen to your shit. You don't even have to walk by other shit. You don't even have to browse other shit on the internet. You can only listen to the things that you subscribe to, the things that you own yourself. You never have to... That's why new music these days is tough. I love listening. Like when I was just up in Seattle, they have a great independent radio station, KEXP, and I was really looking forward to being there and being able to listen to it live. And I've since been listening to it via their app, which I had for a while, but like that kind of jumpstarted because it's great to find new music. It's great to like hear shit that's like other shit you like. But a lot of people I feel like don't do that anymore. That was the beauty of like fine discovering something back in the day. One of my favorite bands, Travis, was huge in Australia before they were big in America. And I was over there and I was like, what is this song I keep hearing? And then I came back here. I was like, yo, this band is dope. And then eventually they make it over here and you're like, feel like you're part of something. Now it's just like whatever you want to hear, you listen to. Well, you know how I... So none of those motherfuckers have ever heard One Direction. Do you know how I find new music? But they went into the store to try to get the fucking chronic, and they're like, what the fuck is this shit? And they're like, oh, that's in sync. You know what I... You know how I find new music? 
I what I do, guys, is and you guys should do this too. Just go onto Joe Prano's Twitter and see the trolls he's he's uh, battling with. Oh yeah. Normally they have a SoundCloud. Uh, uh, that was amazing. I just found out yesterday, Marlboro, Massachusetts, is home of the shitty SoundCloud rapper. You know what? I I actually want to take back. I was gonna tweet this at you, but I forgot. I want to take back telling Prano not to battle trolls. Me reading your tweets of battling with trolls gives me. Joy. When, you know what my my Pure favorite joy. you know what my favorite new thing is now? I beat them into submission and then when they give up, then I block them and delete all the tweets. Like I was like those guys were like, oh, it could have been cool if you just I was like, nah, fuck you. You know what? I'll fight you to the death. But once you give up and you start being like, Oh, you know what? It could have I mean, one guy was talking about fucking fucking my mom. Meanwhile, he had a wrestling photo of him with a literal inverted dick. And I was like, Well, this is just too easy. The one dude I read, I love that. I, I, I read, was that the same SoundCloud guy? Yeah. There's three of them, all from the same shitty fucking part of Massachusetts. Anyone who has a SoundCloud link in their bio. To their fucking music career? Yeah. It's like, geez, that's the thing these days, I guess. Well, let's get to, uh, let's get to another call. What's up, guys? It's Joey from Minnesota. Um, listening to the past couple of episodes, I mean, even like the past couple of months of episodes, Andy Ruther seems like he has a lot less anger. And I'm wondering if that's the float laps, maybe increased weed or something like that. I, I really can't figure it out, but kind of like it better this way. Uh, let me know what you think. Condoms are always for the fucking Packers. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Whoa, bro, you need a float lab yourself, man. <laughs> Chill out on that fuck you, Aaron Rodgers talk. Now, Andy, I, I, first of all, I think I can weigh in on something I've seen. You can certainly tell us what you think. But are you still, are you still going with the Bill Belichickian stance that you were never angry? You weren't a very angry person at one time. Are are we still? Like now, I mean, now we have random callers calling in and talking about your distinct lack of anger recently. But I think you also perpetuated that. I don't think I was angry. Here's what, here's what I think. You have not stared off into the distance and angrily ranted at the wall in a long time. Here's what I think has, has changed with me. And you and I actually discussed this the other day. What I think has changed with me is my trigger reactions are way down. My... Lack of patience has gotten so much better. And to me, I, I guess you can call those, I don't think those are anger issues. I, 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 think, I think what happened was, it's a combination of things. Um, Float Lab helps, just did one last week. Uh, but, but I'm doing those once a month. Like, is it helping me that much? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I do those about once a month. Uh, I think it's just, honestly, I think the Float Lab is just a, the Float Lab is just an example of a thing that you do due to your change in attitude. Like you're like, I'm trying, you might be subconsciously trying to be different and you're like, I'm going to be more again, subconsciously, I'm going to be more chill. I'm going to float lap. I'm going to bike more. I'm going to smoke more weed. Like, I think it's, I don't think it's as much those things causing it as you trying to change your attitude and therefore doing those things because you think they help. 
Well, yeah, but all the things you mentioned have helped. And I, I, boy, I'm not smoking that much more weed or getting high that much. But you're more. going, getting high, going on bike rides, bike sitting ro- on the bench, dude. The bike ride doing thing the for me, Forrest Gump, is so therapeutic. Like, uh, I don't know what it is, but I'm so happy when I ride my bike at night. And a lot of times, yeah, I do have like a vape pen with me. But I did it again the other night after the show. Joe recommended a uh, a taco stand. The one on Lincoln and Brooks. I mean, that was a perfect example of the new Andy Ruther. You text me and you're like, bro, they're out of tortillas. Old Andy Ruther would have gotten arrested. You'd have been like, what kind of taco stand doesn't have tortillas? Are you a taco stand? Yes. Oh, then you should have tortillas. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> Am I right or wrong? If you don't have tortillas, then you're not a taco stand. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you were like, you remember when you flipped? You remember you tried to take down? The business across the street because they didn't have burritos? Takaya, yeah. Tried to end their fucking livelihood. But instead, I... Tried to chase Utley them. Yeah, instead, basically, I got right back on my bike. Went and found pizza? I went and found pizza. I rode around Venice and uh, found a new pizza spot, which we both agree is basically 7-Eleven pizza at $5 a slice. Yeah. But whatever, I was happy... And, like, even last night, I was happy. I left Trader Joe's. There's a taco stand. Yeah, I'm definitely way more chill. It's it's Float Lab. It's maybe smoking weed, bike rides. And the Jordan Peterson book has really helped me a lot. I'm serious. And just learning. Even there's, I don't have any anger towards dirt balls anymore. I've made my amends with basically everybody. Whether they know it or not, like, I don't have issues with anybody anymore for the most part. Now, do people get under my skin? Sure. But, uh... Yeah, I'm a, I'm at a much better spot in my life. So this is good. We're coming all the way around. We're coming all the way around to the fact that you've accepted that there was a time when you were angry. This no, is good. The no, first no, part, I, I still wouldn't say I was angry. I would. I would I, say I you were we, angry. No, we have diff- we have different definitions of angry. Like angry is my apartment manager Karen, fucking Karen, who runs where I live. She's just an angry person. I've always been a friendly person to people. I'm social. I think you had, I think there was a time when you had a lot of pent up anger because you're a pretty social, nice guy, but then you snap and you just be randomly yelling the C word at people crossing the street. (laughs) I have noticed that the road rage is way down. I'm just like, whatevs. Like, I got my podcast. Like, even last night, I was listening. You know, you guys got to listen to Joe's uh, Joe's podcast, the Joe Prano podcast. I was listening to your one with Sam Hollander, and I'm about more than halfway through, and it's like somebody cut me off, and I was just like, whatever. I'm listening to an interesting podcast. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Life goes on. See, I feel like I've always managed my anger well that I just get it out, and I just like, like I just have very targeted things. I'm like, we all have anger. Why, why not just? Directed at the right people who deserve anger. Well, uh, I got everyone is blowing up our YouTube comments. Okay, about this trade, so I might as well All do right. this. What happened? Uh, the Yankees have acquired left-handed pitcher J.A. Jesus Hap Christ! In exchange for Brandon Drury, <sighs> fuck the and outfielder Billy McKinney. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. So that's your. I hope they. I hope they lose anyway. I really do. Uh, baseball needs a salary cap. Baseball needs. I, I mean, we just talked about this on Dirty Slides yesterday. If you're the Blue Jays 
and you're the Orioles and you're the Tampa Bay Rays, what is your even your fucking organizational approach when you have two big market super spending fucking death stars in an arms race with each other in your own goddamn division? The best pitcher on the market's gonna sign. The best reliever on the market's gonna get traded. The best guy, and then the guys that they have come up. They're going to be able to pay them, too, because they have infinite money. I've said this before, and if you're a Yankee fan, I'm sorry. Facts are facts. The whole core four situation, and and don't fucking, don't hit me with it with these guys. Well, we're going to be good for a while, not because we keep fucking signing and trading for guys. It's because we have Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres and... uh. Gary Sanchez and and name it, and Andujar. You can't name guys that come up out of your farm system and say this is the reason that you're going to be good forever. When what you're going to do is hand those guys way more money than anybody can, way more. You know why you're also good? Because John Carlos Stanton is on your team. Because the Marlins will never be able to pay that guy. So not only can you afford to keep all of your guys, but you can afford to take the best guys from other teams. And those two things together is what makes you a fucking super team. And the Red Sox have that ability. And, like, you know, the Dodgers have that ability. The Cubs. The Cubs. We need some sort of system that says you can't just have infinite money because guess what? No matter how good a team is, doesn't really matter if your market doesn't live up to it. And the Mets are a great fucking example. They're in a big market, but their owners are shit and don't spend money. It's not just about the market. It's a combination, big market, fans that come, you can charge them a lot of money. You can pay for everything. And 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 I'll give the Yankees some credit. They care about fucking winning. Yeah. But god damn, man. You're just gonna you're just gonna sign everybody. Well, well, we're you know we're giving away our minor leagues. Well, you're not because you get you have five guys and you'll be able to pay those young guys forever too. The, Derek Jeter is a perfect example. They gave the Derek Jeter a hundred and ninety million dollar contract at one point. Derek Jeter was never a hundred million dollar shortstop, let alone a two hundred million dollar shortstop. But they were like, but he's our guy. Why would we ever let Derek Jeter think about going anywhere else when we can just overpay the shit out of him? Baseball needs. Something. I'm not really a. I'm not really a big like fucking you know rules guy. But well, there's need also a salary cap. There's also got to be something. Have a salary cap and a salary base. You can't just you just can't just steal from your fans either and put nothing into your thing. You got to be able to fucking spend money. You have to spend money, but you can't spend over a certain amount. It's ridiculous. Well, Joe, I think that's the best way to wrap up the show. Fuck the Yankees, man. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Guys, I'm excited. Like Joe teased earlier in the show, we have bought our plane tickets for Chicago. We're going to be there six nights catching two ball games from two different teams. And most importantly, Joe is headlining the Comedy Bar in Chicago Friday through Sunday, and also we're going to do a Dirty Sports podcast live, live in there in then in like a they have another room at the Comedy Bar, some sort of actual like bar situation. It's Thursday gonna be, night, it's going to be legit. 
Opening night for the NFL. Yeah. We're going to be doing a live podcast. Are tickets available for that yet? Tickets are available for my shows, which you'll be doing some spots on. And I believe she said the tickets for the podcast will be up soon. But it's all available on the Comedy Bar website. They, uh, If you go to the bottom, you can go more shows. We're, we're the, the reason we're talking about it now is because we're the most recent tickets added. So that means we're on the last page of availability. I believe it's like page six. They also have a uh, another just ticketing site. So you can go to that. But go to the Comedy Bar. It's going to be awesome. Two baseball games, White Sox, Cubs, live podcast, headlining weekend. I mean, if you're in the Midwest or nearby and you're not coming, not really sure what the fuck to tell you. It's going to be fire. So, comedybar.com. Pretty simple to remember, guys. And like Joe said... We're going to do a live podcast preview week one in the NFL. Page six. Go check that out. I'm looking right now. And, uh... No, it's actually, I stand corrected. It is page seven. I'm there looking, we go. I'm looking at your mug. So Thursday, uh, Thursday, September 6th is the live podcast. Yep. And like I said, Joe and I are going to be there all weekend or all week, six days. Yeah. It's bonanza. You were worried about flying home on September 11th. I don't like it. We are. We're flying home on September 11th. In fact, I called my mom too. She's like, I wouldn't like it either, but I would. She goes, I wouldn't like it, but I would not let it affect my travel. Yeah. Which I said, I think Joe kind of felt the same way of like. I mean, are they going to do it on the same day again? It seems. I don't think there are. And they, I mean, probably the U.S. government. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's well, not their go-to move. Well, guys, check all check. False flags don't yeah. work that way. They don't yeah. like to. They don't like to do false flag sequels. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so yeah, get those tickets and everything. If you have any questions, Joe has it all on his website at joeprano.com. Yeah. And you are leaving tonight. Yes. Oh, if you're listening to the show tonight, uh, sorry, tomorrow, Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Comedy Store in La Jolla with Eddie Ift, with uh, Tom Allen from Chad Goes Deep fame. It's a surf ding bonanza. Uh, It's going to be a great weekend. I love the Comedy Store in San Diego. Shows are always fucking incredible. It's a fun room. It's a small room. If you're in SoCal, you got to come. I mean, it's going to be a blast. I loved it last year. We're going to surf all weekend. We're going to eat burritos. We're going to chill at the beach, brah. We're going to fucking shred some comedy Dude, stages. You get some tacos too, brah. So come to that. And JoePrano.com for all my shows. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. Joe Prano on Instagram. Andy? Yeah. DirtySports.com. AndyRuther.com. At AndyRuther on all social media. And uh, again, drop those iTunes reviews. They help. Rate, review, and subscribe to all of the DSPN podcasts. Yeah, thust away, guys. You know, somebody, I've had recent people slide into my DMs and be like, yo, how can I do this? How can I help? Well, guys, little ways. If you don't have money, use an iTunes review. If you got a few bucks, donate to Patreon. Buy a t-shirt at DirtySports.com. If you've already reviewed to all the shows, get your girlfriend to review. Get your boyfriend to review. Which reminds me, there's some girlfriends and some boyfriends out there supporting. I hope all of you guys have gotten your significant other 
Katie Kelly. She slid into my DMs, and I was like, oh, what's up, Katie? And then I realized, oh, no, it's not that kind of slide into the DMs. She said, hi. Give a birthday shout-out to my boy, Larson Riff. He got me listening to your show, and he would be so excited to hear you guys give him a birthday shout-out. So shout-out to our boy, Larson Riff. Happy birthday, fam. Larson Riff, I know Larson. It's Uni- about legacy and Uni- Larson. University of Arizona. Yeah? Yeah. Great. U of A. Yeah. Tucson. That's what they call it, right? Yeah. Home of the famous Luke Walton. Yeah, throw it down. Well, guys, that's the show. Happy birthday, Larson. And uh, when you're chilling with Katie this weekend, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.